When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast, episode 144, a municipal opinion brought to you by the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community. I'm Dan Hilton, and since it's the end of the club season, that means it's also time to take a look back at the year that was in La Masia with our resident La Masia expert, Naveed Molagai. Now, Naveed, you're about to watch Denmark versus Georgia in a European qualifier, so not only do I really appreciate you taking the time, uh, but it seems like you're in a park. That's what people are hearing in the background, but it seems to me that you're going to sound just great. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, I ju- I'm just sitting in a park with a view of the stadium. And yeah, no, no, no worries. There's lots of time left, so uh, we can we can have a good discussion about the, this past season. And I hope the ambient noise of children playing again remind you this is a La Masia special. That's what we're talking today for the <laughs> entire time as we try to answer whose stock rose in La Masia. And obviously, these are kids; these are teenagers. So we're not doing a whose stock fell or what players didn't really uh, achieve what they wanted to to achieve. Instead, we are going to be looking at the risers and guys that, again, with the greatest picture being that these talents someday make the first team. So with that, with that little nugget in mind of which of these players will eventually uh, not necessarily play alongside Messi, but play alongside, we're hoping the likes of Musa Vague and different guys like that. Uh, So I think the place to start here 
Um, again, before we get to Juvenile A, who finished second in the division with Real Zaragoza, or Juvenile B, Cadet A, Cadet B, they all finished first. Barcelona also semifinals in the UEFA Youth League, falling to Chelsea on penalty kicks. But again, those are lower levels. We're going to start with Barcelona B. Uh, and I know it's technically not La Masia, but it very much is still La Masia because it's made up largely of guys who went from Juvenile A and moved up to Barca B. That is the system that Barcelona have. And the name you have to start with, 19-year-old, about to be 20 in August, Ricky Puj uh, and Navid, you know, I, I think people tend to get overexcited about Ricky Puj. But then again, I look at his body of work and I actually look, even though Barca B did not get promoted back to the Segunda Division, they're going to be in the third division again next year. Ricky Puj, I think, hit all the boxes that you need to to earn a spot in the first team next year. Oh, definitely. He's been he's been he's been extraordinary. Uh, and it's been it's been extremely obvious in Pretty much every single game he's played, he ha he hasn't played any any like very bad games. I mean, he's he's always shown, he's always proven to have a, a level that is just above everyone else in terms of just pure quality. And he's from the from the first game, he's been leading the team on the pitch as well, uh, which is not usual for a first team juvenile uh, first year Barca B player uh, who is. I mean, I mean, he is physically smaller and weaker than everyone else, but one wouldn't think so. I mean, he's 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 just dominant in every area of the game. Uh, it, his physique hasn't affected him that much this season. He took a few knocks throughout the season, but wasn't injured once. So it's he's had a he's had a perfect season in my opinion, and he's ready to promote to the first team. Actually, I, I would say. I think that's actually the most important point, that the big knock on him, people say, is that he just doesn't have the physicality. And you talk about the low center of gravity that Messi and Iniesta and Xavi and guys like that have and what, you know, what the comparisons you can make just because of the low center of gravity. But in his seven, with his seven assists this season, didn't have a goal uh, in 32 appearances for Barca B, but he did play over 2,400 minutes. And as you mentioned, he missed zero games due to injury. So for all the knocks he gets, for all the times that you can watch the highlights, he gets kicked to pieces. Yet he yeah. still has the resolve to either stay on his feet, which again is a quality that I think Kool-Aid's love more than maybe anything else when we get excited about a prospect who stays on his feet and doesn't just roll around on the ground. Uh, that's something that you know we have pride in for La Masia talents. And Puz does that almost better than anybody else. And in his... You know the assist he got. We think back to the Copa del Rey game uh, when when he gets the assist, uh, and then the two La Liga appearances he made as well uh, near the end of the season. I, not only does Barcelona know about him, and the rest of the world knows about him, uh, but uh, you know I think the next season, obviously, of his development is going to be huge. And the question isn't whether or not he's ready for a first team; it's whether or not Barcelona are going to carve out enough minutes for him next season. You know, I think worst case scenario is he winds up at Barcelona's first team next year doesn't really play much of anything and then has to be loaned out to a club and it just doesn't work out. Uh, you know, I think this is the year where, I, I, again, he's already re ready for a first team. It's just whether or not he's going to get enough minutes to continue his ascent. Uh, so Ricky Puj is the guy that we start with, but he did have a bunch of teammates that had, we're going to say, mixed results. Uh, and again, I didn't want to be more uh, be poo-poo on any of the juvenile A or lower. But as far as Barca B, these are actual full professionals. And some had good seasons, some had bad seasons. And as far as, you know, making the jumps to the first team, not all of these guys are going to do that next year. I don't know if any of the four will. The guys I'm going to throw at you here, Naveed, are 
Juan Miranda, Oral Busquets, who both should be out on loan next season. That's not me. That's, again, news seems to be that those two will be uh, heading out. And then Abel Ruiz, who I don't know if anybody knows what's going to happen to him after he didn't really do much goal scoring. Uh, and he moved really out to the left wing a lot of the time for Barcelona B, uh, where he's supposed to be a striker in the future. And then Iñaki in- Peña, who I think his fate really rests on whether or not Jasper Silson stays at the club this summer. And he's already shown that he is good enough to be the backup to Ter Stegen, if given the opportunity. But again, will Barca do that or will they just sign a cheap, experienced uh, goalkeeper, say a, uh, a Buffon, if you will. But uh, for those four players, uh, Navid, I'd love to hear where you think that they, uh, how they've done this season and where they project for next year. All right, so let's start with uh, let's start with from the back, like the goalkeeper yep. uh, in Pena. Uh, he's uh, again just as Ricky Puch. It's been his first season at Barca B, and he's just been uh, he's also been superb. Uh, in the beginning, he had to compete with uh, Sarevic and Esquieta for the spot, but I mean after a month or so, he uh, he uh, he was regularly picked. Sticks by Pimienta, and he's been uh, he's he's been he's been super good. I mean, he is um, perhaps a bit small for a goalkeeper, not small, but below average, I would say. Uh, but one one would notice. I mean, he's he's been maybe the only uh, room for improvement for him this season has been in the air on corners where Barsby have conceded some goals, but that's also just due to bad defending in general. Uh, but uh, he's, been, he's been very good. Uh, um, actually, people should check him out on online, like the, find videos of him and stuff, because it's genuinely scary how much he resembles Ter Stegen, mm-hmm. uh, like in the way he moves and in the way he passes the ball. And like just, I mean, in, in the way he's, he makes his saves, he's... He always sits very low and like makes these handball-esque saves, uh, like like we see Ter Stegen do. And um, he's he's very good on penalties. He saved three penalties this season, only conceded one. Um, I think I think he only conceded one, but he saved three anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been very very good. I would definitely not be worried if he would be Ter Stegen's backup goalkeeper next season. Uh, I wouldn't be worried for for the team. Maybe perhaps I would be a bit worried for him if the only minutes he would get this season would be a handful of Copa del Rey matches. Right. A goalkeeper who's 20 years old perhaps should be playing more regularly. But um, but he's definitely good enough to be with Barca's first team, I would say. So uh, Juan Miranda, the left back, um, people might know him better because he's played uh, some first team games both in preseason and uh, throughout the season, maybe three or four appearances, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but and, and that was at the and, art, that was at the fall yeah. as well. I want to make that clear that that happened in the first half of the season, and we yeah. haven't heard a sniff of him since. Yeah, and and uh, people have been very negatively surprised of him. The reactions haven't been positive, but uh, but then no matter how he's played with the first team, he's been excellent with Barca B. Uh, dominated dominated the left side throughout the entire season, uh, made plenty of assists, been ex- extremely solid and disciplined for a left-back his, his age. And it's not a coincidence that multiple La Liga and Bundesliga clubs are after him. Uh, and actually, I think that uh, it would actually be good for him to go out on loan uh, to, to get some regular playing time, get some confidence 
uh, first team confidence somewhere else and then return uh, if he does well to compete with Jordi Alba. Um, I think he's he's got the potential. I think he has all the potential attributes. Um, if we look at you know the general attributes of his game to become a, a an international uh, top level left back. Uh, we have seen better left backs in La Masia before. Uh, I think Grimaldo showed more promise back in his day, but. He's still an excellent talent, and he's been superb with Spain's under-19s as well. Like he, at left back, he pretty much took them to the Euros, which is about to start. Uh, he he made like four assists and got one penalty uh, in, and they scored six goals, I think, in the qualifiers, final qualifying round. So like he was involved in almost all their goals that took them to the Euros. Uh, so he's been excellent this season and should hopefully do well on loan somewhere else. Maybe he would be sold with a buyback clause. I wouldn't mind that either. But in any way, we shouldn't let him go permanently. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure that the club also knows this. Yeah, I want to I remind people as well that Miranda was on the younger side of this crop of players when we talk about Puj, uh, Aura Busquets, etc., etc. That not only was he on the younger side, but he was young enough where... Barca were still trotting him out in the UEFA Youth League this year. So for those who are out on him, that yes, he has some disappointing performances for the first team. But as you mentioned, the point to his season, um, you know, it's not all negative. He was very good with Barca being the third division. Uh, he excelled when he was playing in the Youth League and w- with younger, his age opposition, we'll say. Uh, and I think he will continue to get better and improve. And again, he's another one of those where it's all about having minutes to be carved out. And uh, as you mentioned, I think I completely agree that the only way forward I think with Barca really going to be looking uh, I doubt it's Kukurea the way things are going but uh, if Barca really are looking at another left back uh, a cheap one maybe a Felipe Luis that kind of thing a more experienced one then Miranda has got to go somewhere on loan and I think uh, I, this is he's the perfect guy to go out for a mid-table to top La Liga team uh, that he could find a place in. Obviously, he's from Batiste, so we wonder, but they do have Junior Firpo, so uh, we'll say tongue-in-cheek if Barca are looking at another left-back, uh, maybe that, uh, again, that buyback clause might make sense uh, in some kind of, we'll say, a tongue-in-cheek swap-type situation. But another guy who might go out on loan and a guy who, in Pena, started the year injured, he got healthy. One guy who didn't get healthy for a while because he had a much more devastating injury last season, that was Oral Busquets, uh, who I, I think all season long for me, Naveed, never really got to full fitness. Uh, he got better and better as he was coming back from that injury here in the spring. Uh, but again, I don't think we ever saw his best. And unfortunately, I think that puts him a little bit behind as he is basically missed almost a full season of uh, a really, really important part of his development uh, in the time that he has. But I think the future is still bright for him. Uh, but uh, again, where did you see his season having come back from injury and where do you see him next year? Yeah, I think he would have been, he would have progressed so much more and we would have talked about him in, in, a, in a completely different light if he hadn't been injured for 10 months. Um, I think he, perhaps his best game of the season was the... Mm, the final away game of the season where he looked very, very, very solid. Um, but, but yeah, he, 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 it's, he took a while to, to get back to full fitness. And even in some games, uh, Pimienta preferred uh, Manchu, Collado and, uh, and Ricky ahead of him in central midfield. Mm-hmm. But, but, but nevertheless, he's, he's, a, he's a very, very gifted talent and he will spend this summer to get in in great shape and I think uh, he will 
Um, I think he'll do well in preseason if he stays at Barca, and I think that if they can find a club for him to go out on loan, he will, he will do decently there as well. Uh, perhaps maybe his his own disadvantage is that he's not a good central central midfielder, uh, a good interior, but he's a defensive midfielder. So so maybe the club will have a bit of a difficult time finding a club that needs a defensive midfielder regularly uh, for him to play. Um, but nevertheless, I, I don't think we should uh, rule him out. Uh, I think he's, uh, he's definitely someone uh, worth keeping an eye on for sure. He, I mean, he physically and technically, he's, he's, just, he's just great. Um, there's, there's nothing really, mm, there's no really big disadvantage for him. Uh, I think that perhaps the only thing is that he, mm, perhaps he's a bit slow, but not like Sergio Busquets slow. I mean, yeah. for a defensive builder, he's, he's very well built physically. Yeah, and do I think due to his um, being limited in his positioning, uh, that again, this is one of those circumstances where I, I always think of Sergio Samperis the best example where he went out on these loans and things just didn't work for him at the club that he was at. And so Oro Busquets is a situation where he goes to a club, let's say they're playing a 4-3-3 or they're playing something with two defensive midfielders and then they sack their manager. The next guy who comes in plays a flat 4-4-2. That would be my worry, uh, just sending him out on loan just because uh, as he continues to work his way back from injury, uh, if his talent isn't cultivated by the system that's being played, again, no manager is at the possess of just one player. Uh, so that would be my worry yeah. about him, but I hope that yeah. uh, he would he would find his way there. Now, the most puzzling of the bunch where people say that Suarez needs to, that we need to get the number nine position at Barcelona younger, uh, and yet they have Alvaro Ruiz, who has, long, who has long been, now we're talking three, four, five years now, which is a pretty long time for a teenager. He has been the heir apparent for the Spanish youth national teams as the best number nine in the system. Uh, and uh, when Barcelona were able to get him from uh, Valencia quite a few years ago, uh, he came in and was banging in goals. But this last season and a half or so, he's the, the goals have kind of dried up uh, as he's a little bit sputtered, I think. Uh, but he's one of those guys that... His all his result and his progress, unfortunately, is dictated by his goal scoring. But what did you see from him that gives you promise that he is not just going to be a goal scoring threat, but he's adding different things to his game? Or do you think this was just complete stagnation from Alvaro Ruiz? I I think I definitely do not think that it was general stagnation. Uh, he's definitely developed throughout the year, matured a lot, uh, physically stronger as well. Um, physically more adapt to the uh, to the senior leagues. Uh, I I think genuinely the only problem, the only problem, uh, is his goal scoring. Um, I mean he scored three four goals this season, uh, but the problem is the chances that he misses. Uh, he has he has pre- he has a lot of chances. He, he has had a lot of chances, a lot of uh, clear ones that he hasn't. Uh, where where he hasn't been efficient, uh, and and that hits you as a striker. That hits you uh, on your mentality. Um, and but I think that uh, he has so much potential. Uh, he is extremely good on the ball. He's he's not slow at all. Uh, he can play on all, in, basically in all three positions. I mean, he's also played at right wing. Uh, I mean, he. Uh, I think I think he's the perfect striker. Like if. For the first team, like stylistically, he's the perfect profile uh, because he can, like, if we say Messi plays false nine, which he basically does, like Abel is the perfect uh, wide striker. Um, 
profile-wise. I think that if he had just scored, if he had just been effective this season, he would have been a definite, uh, uh, a definite new addition to the first team, challenging Suarez. Uh, he has, he has a lot of potential, and he's so good. Uh, he's such a good teammate. I mean, he creates so much space for his, for his teammates, um, creates chances for them as well, and it's always. And, I mean, he's not selfish at all in this game. Uh, he, he genuinely just has to improve on his finishing. And I think that he's a striker that is like he could explode in any minute. Uh, but at the same time, there is a window for him to make it at Barca. And if he doesn't score more goals, if he doesn't score more goals next season, I think that uh, perhaps he will be um, not sold permanently, uh, but. He, he will have to leave and and mm. see if he can uh, generate more goals elsewhere and maybe return. But but yeah, I mean, when you're a striker, you have to score goals. Yeah. I mean, Benzema, Benzema, he, I mean, I think I think he resembles Benzema quite a lot. I mean, he's he's excellent on the ball, keeping the ball with his back towards the goal, and also being very active in the build-up with superb technique um, for 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 a nine. And um, and and he's a modern striker, you know, not just a poacher, uh, just like Benzema. But yeah, Benzema scores 20, 20 goals a season at least. So Abel, Abel, Abel has the potential for that. I mean, if he if he can start next season well, I think he will get more chances with the first team throughout the year. If Suarez gets in, gets injured or, or something, yeah. Uh, let's see what happens with the striker market and and whatever. But. But I think that if he starts well next season, we can have some high hopes for him. Uh, I hope I hope that he will score goals in the preseason to begin with. Maybe 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 he should stay with Barca B in preseason just to get some goals banging banging in like against for his confidence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think confidence. I think you're on to something there with that. I, I think unlike the rest that we talked about, about being ready for the first team, the Alvarez will most likely do preseason with the first team and then you know, be a, a fixture in Barca B, most likely playing at the number nine this time around. Take over that number nine from uh, Rafa Mujica this season, uh, for next season, rather, for Ruiz. But uh, let's get a little younger here, and I guess we'll pick up the pace a little bit again. We talked about the guys that you could see next season uh, with the first team, so those are the ones we keyed in on. Now, we have uh, the two big stars, I say, the ones whose stock rose the most this year, and it was two guys that were also renewed in the last six months, their contracts, uh, one just a few weeks ago in uh, Ansu Fati, which for me, Ansu Fati, 20 goals, 9 assists, he was uh, probably Barcelona's best player in the UEFA Youth League this year, uh, he's a left winger, just still 16 years old, and we see that these Premier League clubs and Serie A, La Liga, other teams plot out 16, 17-year-olds, he'll be turning 17 next year, uh, and I think... It show it would show a uh, a a whole ton of uh, courage, we'll say, from Barcelona. I don't expect much, but uh, he's a guy that will most likely take the jump as a 16-year-old from Juvenil A to Barca B, and he could even potentially make a Copa del Rey appearance or what have you. Again, he's not going to be a La Liga regular, but he could make even a Copa del Rey appearance. I think he's shown that he is that good this season. Ansu Fati, um, it seems like every time he took on opponents uh, on in one-on-one dribbles, he combined well, and most importantly, unlike Alvaro Ruiz that we've talked about this year, especially in the youth league, 
on Sufati finished, and that's what he did. He finished, he converted, uh, and he again, he was my rising star this year. And then the other one, uh, Ix Moriba, three goals, four assists, may not tell the whole story. People compare him to Paul Pogba, but uh, he is very much in the Barcelona mold, though. He's very much in the Barcelona system, the way he passes, the way he is patient, uh, and just his his physicality and his foraying runs uh, is one that is, again, he was a 15-year-old for most of this season playing with 17-year-olds. That just tells you how good these two guys were at Juvenil A. Uh, Moriba will probably stay at Juvenil A. Fadi will probably become a Barca B player. Uh, again, that is still less, less to be known. But these two are my guys, uh, Navi, and I think yours too as well for the, the biggest rising stars from La Masia this season. I think uh, the best uh, the best A player this season has definitely been Ansu Fati. Um, he's uh, actually contradicting to what you said. He hasn't actually renewed yet officially. No? Uh, the, yeah, the, the, there is still some talk going on. And uh, some worry actually that uh, that he might uh, demand a bit too much. Yeah, we um, got to get that done, David. We got to we got to make some yeah, calls. We got to get that done. Yeah, we have to make it <laughs> because he is because he is he's been extraordinarily good. I mean, he's um, okay. So he's he's this left winger. Let's just say the the Neymar type who likes to have the ball a lot and to like play on a on a. Uh, a bit on a slow level, but then suddenly just burst into space and just take on two, three, four players and, and do his magic. Uh, and as you said, 20 goals and nine assists for a left winger uh, who is 16 years old. And he was actually 15 to begin with at the season. He turned 16 in, 16 in October. He's, he's extremely fast, got so much, got so much quality on the ball. Uh, he's he's not 100% two-footed, but he's almost as natural with his left. So he like he dribbles and shoots extremely well with his left. Um, in in many ways, like uh, profile-wise, I would compare him with Neymar, that kind of winger. Uh, and he's, I mean, he scored. Uh, people should check out the highlights from uh, uh, Barca's youth league game against PSV Eindhoven away. Where he just he receives the ball uh, at the um, at the middle of the pitch, um, and then just takes on maybe three players, uh, three and a half players before hitting it in the top corner uh, outside the box. Uh, just an insane goal. Uh, so, yeah, he's been he's been the best player of the season alongside um, alongside I would say Elish Il- and uh, two other players, which. We can, we can talk about uh, later, um, but but Elish uh, has also been extremely uh, promising. He started the season out as a juvenile B player. Uh, I mean, he's uh, he was already uh, one year younger than the juvenile B players, and then due to a gap in midfield in juvenile A, he got some minutes there and just <laughs> just dominated uh, as if there was no difference at all between the teams. He's still a cadet player. And he's actually still a cadet player. He could be. His age is. Uh, he was born in 2003. Right. That's that's the Xavi Simons generation. Like the, that's the cadet A generation. Uh, and and he's been playing against uh, players in uh, in youth league in UEFA youth league who are born in 1999. So that's four years younger, uh, older than him. And he's been dominating in the youth league where he scored a goal against Hertha Berlin. In the uh, in the quarter no in the round of 16 to take Barca to the quarterfinals. Unfortunately, he got injured and couldn't play the 
the semifinals. Um, neither could he play the. He could. He couldn't play the semifinals, and he couldn't play the under 17 Euros for Spain either. So that was a bit of a shame. Uh, that ruined his brilliant, brilliant season. And for both, yeah, and, and stylistically, yeah. I mean, some people compare him with Pogba because he's. He's very, he's he's pretty tall, physical, but still uh, very technically gifted. And he, like I, I myself, I tweeted a video of some of his uh, uh, most spectacular long shots because he's so good from outside the box. Uh, he he's very very dangerous, and uh, that's yeah. He has a he has a great weapon of a right foot. Um, and the thing about Ilaish and Ansu Fati. Uh, other than actually, they're also best friends. Uh, they they hang out a lot a lot with each other. They they go to first team games at Camp Nou with each other. Uh, and actually, uh, yeah, and Elijah officially has renewed. Uh, I think it was the he's the mm, there was there were rumors that he became the most expensive youth player ever at mm-hmm. at La Masia. Um, and and now there's a bit that now there's doubt if if he's going to play with Barca B next season or going to continue with Juvenile with uh, some appearances for Barca B. Uh, and I think we have to just wait and see. Uh, but perhaps Barca B's midfield next season could be a bit stacked. So unless he he just proves himself better than than all the other players, perhaps he he would play a bit more with Juvenile this season. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he's also been extremely good and very, very promising. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that we're talking about him potentially going to play for Barca B with where he would be playing as a 16-year-old, as you mentioned, he turned 16 this year yeah. uh, in in January. That's why they were able to wrap. That's why it was necessary to to get him to be renewed because he was turning yeah. 16 uh, for that professional contract, um, as Man City yeah, and everyone and else was, were calling. And yeah. he was so close to joining. Uh, it was Chelsea who was so close to joining in the end. So it's yeah. It's super important that that we got him to stay, and and yeah, just the fact that we're talking about him as a potential B player next season is just unusual for a 16-year-old. We have to go back to Alex Grimaldo. Uh, he debuted for the B team as a 15-year-old and was a regular at 16, 17 before he got injured, uh, and we haven't seen that since. So it's pretty unusual. So now I think Naveed, uh, it's a moment where uh, there were a few guys who we already knew were going to be pretty good. Uh, that I, I just want to list a few names and both Juvenil A and Juvenil Bay players: Nicky Gonzalez, a Juvenil A midfielder; Alejandro Marquez, who people would have known was the uh, he had a brace in the UEFA Youth League win last season alongside Puj and Callado and the rest. Uh, he had 19 goals this season between Juvenil A and Barcelona B. Wame Shardi with 24 goals, the Juvenile Bay striker. Uh, uh, I, I believe he got, there is no golden boot in La Masia, but I believe that he was the one who captured that. Um, Jandro Ariana, the uh, defensive midfielder who played between the Juvenile A, he played in the Youth League, and he played some for Barcelona B as well. Uh, again, he's a defensive midfielder. And then for me, the guy that rose the most is a right back in Sergi Rosanas who I didn't really even know his name at the start of this season, and he's come along being the UEFA Youth League right back uh, and also excelling uh, at the Juvenile A level. And then you had Conrad De La Fuente, who's now playing for the U.S., uh, who rather played for the U.S. U-20s at the World Cup. He had four goals, six assists, doesn't really have two feet, but he is very, very deadly 
as a winger on one foot. Uh, but again, he think he needs to develop his second foot a little bit more. And then uh, we have the whole batch of Cadet A players, uh, which you can go to barsablog.com. Uh, and if you type in La Masia profile, just go to the tab. And I previewed a ton of Cadet A players this season. So of that whole bunch, including the Cadet A players, Naveed, I'm going to ask you for three of those names. Again, I didn't name any Cadet A players, but if I want to include that whole group in here, just give me three names that really, really impressed you this year. Okay, so I'll, I, I'll start with a juvenile player that you didn't mention. His name is Arnaud Tenas, and he is their goalkeeper. Yeah. Arnaud Tenas, actually, I, I mentioned before that Iñaki Peña is quite small for a goalkeeper. Arnaud Tenas is actually smaller, and um, <laughs> but still, it's incredible how we've managed to get two uh, s such brilliant two uh, goalkeepers with one year apart in in the through the academy. Um, he is uh, he is an, a superbly uh, he's a superb shot stopper. His reflexes his his reflexes on the line are incredible. I I watched them. I watched the UNLA play against Real Madrid in the um, uh, in the in the League Winners Cup quarterfinal which they unfortunately lost but we, we, we won't talk about that but, but um, he had this incredible save off a, off a free kick uh, which was uh, crossed into the box and he had like he had maybe one and a half meter to react to a header uh, which was uh, which was not which was um, uh, which was uh, yeah I mean he, he hit it well and he had to he had to move and react for it and, and got a hand on the ball and yeah, it was an it was an it was an incredible save uh, and yeah he's been he's also he was also very good in the youth league uh, had a had a couple of controversial moments in the in the final uh, but also some amazing saves he's he's a bit of a madman actually uh, he's he's extremely passionate and he wants to play the ball out with his feet at all costs but he's not as good on the feet as Iñaki Peña maybe Actually, on the ball, maybe one can can compare him with Pinto. Actually, just for the, just for the, just for the lulls, because he's, <laughs> he wants to play a lot out on the back, yeah. uh, out from the back. But sometimes he doesn't have the ability, but still tries, and it looks a bit funny. But, but I mean, he's he he's he's been he's he he, he has risen a lot. He's also trained uh, in some periods of the season. He trained regularly with the first team as well, which is extremely impressive for a 17 year old goalkeeper i would say and it's it's very unusual but but he was good enough for it uh, and um, he must have impressed uh, valverde's uh, staff he was training alongside uh, iñaki peña and terstegen when um when silicon was injured uh, throughout the season and he's been he's been very good I've, I've been very happy with his development this season and i'm I think that if Iñaki Peña leaves Barca B next season, he will compete with Sadevich in goal, and I think that he will um, at some point uh, knock off Sadevich, uh, who is a bit older than him. So he's mm -hmm. been he's been a big not not even a big surprise because he was very good before. He was a Spain international as well, and he's gonna represent Spain. He's gonna start for Spain at the under 19 Euros uh, alongside teammates such as uh, Miranda and Yandro Oriana and Abel Ruiz and Alejandro Marquez mm -hmm. um, and yeah he's been, he's been he's been very good uh, if I have to move away from uh, from 
Juvenile A for a second, I would say, okay, one player for Juvenile B and then perhaps one player and then one player for Cadet A. Yeah, that works. Um, that would work. Yeah, Juvenile B, uh, I would say the, the main player for Juvenile B this season has definitely been Jaume Jardy. Yeah. Uh, he is. He has been the most scoring player in La Masia this season alongside Cadet A's uh, Leo Dos Reis. They both score 24, 24 goals this yep. season. Um, Jaume Jardy is he's a wide striker. Um, he's he's been playing he's been playing different positions because their coach Fran Artiga is extremely experimental. Sometimes he plays three at the back, sometimes he plays four. He constantly moves around the, his strikers. Sometimes he plays Jardy as a as a right winger. Sometimes he plays him as a right forward. Sometimes he plays him as a striker. So it's he's he's been playing all these positions. He's left footed. He has perhaps the best left foot in La Masia. Uh, extremely explosive left foot. Uh, he scored some bangers throughout the season. Uh, and uh, although he hasn't been picked for any Spanish uh, national teams, he's he's definitely one to keep an eye out for. Uh, he has been picked before, but not this season for Spain's youth internationals. And, and they should notice him next season. He will definitely play for Juvenil A. Um, and they will... Uh, probably need him because they will definitely need him because they're going to lose uh, two of their best players uh, for most of the season. Uh, Alejandro Marquez and Ansu Fati. Even Conrad de la Fuente is probably going to be with Barca B for most of next season. At least some of it. Um, so Jardi, Jardi is going to uh, play an important role to Juvenil A's attack next season and I hope that he continues to do as well as he, he has done. He's also just a great kid. He's very reserved, um, but extremely passionate on the pitch. Um, so he's, he's one to look out for. Um, for Cadet A, uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Alejandro Balde. The left uh, back, yeah. Good yeah, pick. the left back. And, and actually, he, he hasn't even been with Cadet A for a lot of the season because he was promoted to Juvenil B. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm going to count him in anyways because he has been uh, the most prolific uh, Cadet A player this season. He came back from a, uh, from an ACL tier um, at the beginning of the season, and like one wouldn't even notice that he had has had an ACL tier. He he returned and he was just. I mean, I I, I definitely think that he's the best left back in La Masia. Um, when he was at the same age as Juan Miranda, uh, I would say that he 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 is a. Uh, a a better player than Miranda was uh, at the time, um, so I hope that he can he can continue because he's first of all I think he's one of the fastest players in the academy at all, yep. and at the same time he has so much quality on the ball, um, so he he is very dangerous, and just he's been so solid. He went up for and played for Juvenil B against kids uh, two years older than him. Uh, no, I mean. No, even even sometimes he, he's played against kids four years older than him, just like Elish uh, at juvenile level. So he's he's impressed, and, and um, it's it's good to see that that we're we're we, we've been so good at developing left backs in the past years. Uh, Alejandro Grimaldo. There was also oh I forgot his name, but he he ended up playing in La Liga as well. Um, and then Cucurea, Juan Miranda now uh, and. And after him, a couple of years between him and Balde, uh, but but it's good to see that left back is a position where yeah. La Masia is competing with with the best. 
Um, so yeah, th those three I would say <clears throat> has risen quite a lot this season. There obviously are obviously also other players worth mentioning. Yeah, and as we've gone through all these names, uh, I want to remind people as well that I don't remember the exact number, but I believe it was somewhere in the 60s, 66-ish, 68, something like that. There were that number of new players came to La Masia last season. Uh, Cadet A had, Seuss Alba was one that I think of. Uh, and so there's going to be this summer plenty of turnover. You're going to see a lot of names that we had mentioned in the past. I even did a La Masia profile a few weeks ago about Matteo Mori, who for a long, long time was, uh, along with Alba Ruiz, a... Uh, starring for the Spanish youth national teams. Uh, and it, it seems like he is going to be at Borussia Dortmund next season. He came from Mallorca in 2015. Again, was one of the shining stars at La Masia every season uh, as he made progress up through. But he basically was out all season long through injury. Uh, and apparently it was asking a little too much from Barcelona. So he will be heading out now. Uh, so a guy who probably should have been the starter for Barca B at right back next year will be heading out if Musa Vague is indeed going to be with the first team. That does already kind of leave a little bit of a hole uh, at the Barca B, and they'll fill with either, uh, you know, with the, the lower levels, or we'll see if they bring somebody in. So, as I said, uh, there's still going to be a lot of movement in La Masia uh, over the course of the summer. Uh, and I, I think for me, Mateo Mori is that, 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 that scenario where we were hyping a guy for a long, long time, and just due to injury or, uh, again, due to even contract breaking down, he winds up not being the future of Barcelona, and he winds up never even being close to the first team. Uh, and these things do happen, and these are things that you recognize that as much as we talk about Ansu Fadi or Mariba, that it may never happen at Barcelona, but again, we put hope that it will, and we hope that that progress is a linear progress for these players. Now, the thing we're going to end this show with, uh, Navid, is another one of those, again, negative stories, maybe for La Masia, uh, but again, maybe just a sad story, is that a few years ago when that FIFA ban happened, uh, again, we all remember it well, uh, the first team survived, if you will, because Luis Suarez and Ter Stegen, that was that summer when they were signed in preparation of the ban, and Barca wins a treble, so we all kind of forget uh, that the academy was affected in the way that it was. And Pep Segura always likes to say that the academy was deeply affected by this, and that's why there seems to be a little bit of a, a we'll say a blip of a talent even, with uh, the Juvenil A players, where they lost a lot of players with an exodus, Pablo Moreno, who was with Juventus this season, and well, as what have you, that players were lost uh, even back then. One of those players that was forced to go back to his native Japan was Takafusa Kubo, who has been playing for FC Tokyo, went from the youth leagues for them, and then came up through and was playing this season now as a full professional, uh, as just a 17-year-old. He will be featuring with Japan at the Copa America, uh, so that will be the first time we'll, he will, let's say, be seen by an international audience, where people really get a look at this mercurial 17-year-old talent. Now, he was a Barcelona player, and for years now, it's been said that he wanted to return to Barcelona. It seemed like every time he spoke about it, still very highly, that that's where he wanted to return. And even months ago, it appeared that he would, when he turned 18 and he was allowed to, he would finally come back, play for Barca B, and maybe get into the first team eventually. Now, that story has completely turned on its head, Naveed, and this has been a bugaboo, we'll say, for you over the past few weeks. And I just want you to shed a little more light on this. And if Barcelona do indeed miss out, because, again, he's being linked with Bayern Munich, PSG, Chelsea, Real Madrid, everybody. If Barcelona do miss out on this talent, a talent that was once theirs, what does that say about Barcelona's ability to negotiate and have a relationship with former La Masia players? I mean... <clears throat> it would just prove the absolute shambles that this uh, 
that this both the La Masia direction and the general uh, bar support is um, because the only reason that that he's not returning just like automatically to Barca after the club has has been in contact with him for years they've been scouted scouting him ever since he left ever since he was forced to leave because of the club's actions um, the only reason that that this isn't just a, a given is because he's been so 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 good in the Japanese league this season. I mean, just just for starters, he's he's just turned 18, but since he was 15, he's been playing with senior players in the in senior leagues in the lower Japanese leagues for for FC Tokyo's uh, reserves. And then one year ago, he was loaned out because he he couldn't get regular minutes for the first team. I mean. Duh, he was 16 years old, <laughs> so he was loaned out to uh, to another uh, first division team in Japan in the same league as FC Tokyo, and he was quite impressive with Yokohama um, Maritimers, I think it was. He was quite impressive. There was even one game w- where he really stood out against uh, Andres Iniesta's uh, um, Vissel Kobe, where he actually scored a long shot, uh, like just in front of Iniesta. It was very. It was very uh, symbolic in a way, but but yeah. So he returned to FC Tokyo in January for the start of the Japanese league, and so FC Tokyo are first in the league. They only lost one game, and Take has been their best player. At 17 years old, he's 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 playing he's he, he's played on the wing in the 4-4-2, both on left wing and right wing. And he's been absolutely unstoppable. Uh, he's had 10 or 11 goals and assists already, and uh, and yeah, he he, he has de- he has deserved a call up to the Japan uh, senior national team when he should have been playing with Japan's under 20s at the under 20 World Cup. Exactly. Uh, he's now going to play. He's now going to play with their senior national team at the uh, Copa America, uh, where. I hope that he that he can uh, impress. But the, so the only reason that that he he can ret- he, he hasn't returned to Barca like automatically, is that he's been so good that all European clubs have now noticed him and ha- are now uh, offering him great 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 contracts. And he also switched agents uh, recently. Uh, he now has two agents, if I'm not mistaken, and they they have the demands that they had uh, because of the massive interest they have. Uh, they have um, they have uh, uh, hired their demands, and um, the reports have said that uh, Barca have um, for now they have uh, how do you say, they they've they've rejected the demands and they've given up on him for now. Um, there, there hasn't been made any deal yet with any other club as far as the reports go, um, but. Uh, but he might be close to PSG. I think. I think the rumor was that PSG is is the club most closely linked with him. But um, but yeah, who okay. knows on that? So let let just yeah. yeah. So so let's just. So what what are these demands? Is he is he expecting to get as much playing time as Leo Messi next season for the first team when he was supposed to be with Barca B? Yeah. Uh, does he want an, an, an extreme amount of money, whatever, whatever? Uh, no, not, not really. He, uh, the, the, the only demand is that, uh, that uh, they want a five-year contract and they want a salary of one million euro um, per year. Of, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot for, for, for an 18-year-old. Uh, in, in context, uh, it's, 
it's uh, 200,000 euros less than Malcolm's um, salary. So yeah, uh, comparing with a player in in his positions, four years, four or five years older than him. Yeah. Um, I also want to add but, a little context too that I, I, yes, football is a business and there is some cynicism to that. But I think the cynical view you must take as well that I think Kubo's people know that um, because he is a Japanese player and you look at the Asian market, that he, in terms of marketability, a Japanese Barcelona player, you can't tell me that that jersey will not make up or all the, not even jersey, but because obviously a lot of that goes to the, the, the kit manufacturers as well. But you can't tell me that the marketability of that kind of player, a Japanese Barcelona player, will not make up that bottom line very quickly. I mean, there's a cynical reason why Barcelona are, went, went after Brazilians in the way that they did in terms of Coutinho and Paulinho and you name it, guys that probably shouldn't, that, you know, there were better picks, and yet a Brazilian showed up at Barcelona. I mean, maybe even Malcolm to a degree. Um, that, you know, they know that there's marketability with Brazilian players and in a, 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 a an Asian market that Kubo would certainly um, make up some of that. Uh, some We'll say if he's asking too much, his uh, his star power would certainly make up for that. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and Barca's main sponsor is Japanese. Exactly. And Barca doing preseason in Japan this summer. Yep. It's just... It's just a perfect. Let's just. I mean, from a from a cynical marketing perspective, it's just a perfect opportunity for the club. Uh, symbol symbolically is also perfect because they can get one of the um, they can get one of the the uh, yeah one of the kids that FIFA forced to leave La Masia and leave right. Spain and leave Europe to go back. They can get him back. Uh, actually, and the fact of the matter is that that actually he's just too good for Barca B. I mean, he shouldn't be playing in Segunda B next season. He's 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 too good for that. Uh, he's proven himself on a on a way too high level for that already. I mean, he's playing in front of uh, like forty, fifty thousand people a week, and he's already a, a sensation in Japan. He's, he's been so for years now, but now he's a senior player, um, and so he's he's actually an icon uh, already. I mean, he. He was. He got his full national debut. Was it yesterday? And he. He was just. He was brilliant. I mean, yeah. immediately he came on and he almost scored. And he. He took on. He took on quite a lot of players. There was one instant on the on the right wing where he. He got past one player who fell down on on his on his knees for him, and then he knocked nutmegged the next player in line. And he, I mean, he's 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 very very special and. And I, I don't believe for a second that Barca uh, aren't able to pay one million player for such a for yeah. one million euro for, for such a player. And and if he's too good for Barca B, uh, and and if there's not a room, not enough room for him on the first team, I mean, loan him out. I mean, he just he just has to return to the club. I mean, it's it's absolutely unacceptable. Uh, I I would say, like from all perspectives, like uh, sporting wise, uh, symbolically, uh, financially. It's it's a great opportunity that that the, the club would be very very stupid uh, to miss out on this, yeah. and I I really hope that that he can show some promise at Copa America, and then the board will be like, oh this guy we, we didn't even know him, oh look he can actually play on a higher level, so he would be worth this amount. Let's just pay it. There was a there was a journalist uh, Joseph uh, Capdevia who covers La Masia. For, for sport, he's been very close with Take throughout the years. He's also a senior reporter, so he was he was a Lamasia reporter when Take was 
at the club um, from 2011 to 2014. And he wrote that, uh, a, a couple of months ago, actually, um, he wrote that Take only, personally, he only wanted to return to Barca. I, I mean, Barca was the only choice for him um, because he just wants to return. And, and I just have to emphasize that for years now, since he left in 2014, almost every year he has returned to Barcelona just to be with his old teammates and to to train with them uh, during Christmas break and, and just to hang out with them. I mean, he really, really misses his teammates and misses the club. Uh, so, so there would be absolutely no issue at all getting him back. They just have to pay a measly price of one million euro a, a month for him. And I mean, I think that he would be he would do so well that that, that he would want to get his contract renewed after a couple of seasons. I mean, he's, he's he has been a spectacular uh, he has shown spectacular talent for a 17 year old. I don't think there's been any better 17 year olds uh, this spring, actually. Um, and I think if there was room in the first team, I think maybe even there would be an opportunity for him to do a Vinicius, you know, spend a couple of, of months with the with the um, the, with B, the side. B team yeah, and and just just uh, improve game to game, get used to the system, and then get get so good that that you know the first team coach can't ignore him anymore. Yep. And then he gets minutes, and then he just impresses everyone, and then everyone just say, "Oh, he's completely worth this money because now we can see that he can play on this level." Yeah, uh, it, it's very typical for young players. You know, young players demanding a lot of money. Uh, people are a bit unsure if they're worth it. Uh, like we saw it with Mbappe as well, like 160 whatever million and such a high wage. And then he had a good World Cup and showed uh, immense uh, quality at PSG and whatever. And people were like, "That's cheap for such a good player," just yeah. because he's 19. Or Matthias de Ligt as well. He's demanding a lot of money. He's 19. People are like, "Oh, he's a money grabber and whatever." But he's also already one of the best centre backs in the world. I think yep. it's. I think one million for for a player like. Take Kubo um, per year is is not a problem. <laughs> Shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I mean, it is a business. As I said, the, these players, even at 16, I mean, you don't know with injury. And we talked about, again, with Mori having that long-term injury that instead of getting this huge Barcelona contract, he's, you know, the club is now telling him because of that injury, he's worth less than he thought he was. And so these players, before they get, you know, there's a lot of what ifs. So even at a young age, they're trying to get as much money they can to provide for themselves forever as professional uh, athletes uh, at any juncture. And that is the cynical business part of this. And it is a weird spot when we talk about La Masi as we wrap this show up. Uh, it's a weird spot to be when you're talking about um, big money like that. And then you're also talking about teenagers. And you realize that, you know, football is a business, unfortunately, that is affecting teenagers. And it is a weird place to be as we try to have these conversations about these guys that are, again, you know, they can't, they can't drink or whatever in certain countries uh, or, you know, and some of them can't even drive in certain countries yet. And yet, you know, we're talking about millions of euros when talking about what these players are worth uh, as athletes. Uh, and so I think just like Kubo, you know, I saw a ton of different reactions to him and whether or not he's worth it or not. And I guarantee you so many of those people have never seen him play. And that it is that is the case with these Amasia players. So I urge you, as Navid always says, there is stuff out there now in the digital age that we live in. Every player we name they're going to all be in the show notes every guy that i've named that navid named uh go check them out go watch the highlight packages and understand the highlight packages don't tell the whole story but also recognize that there is potential uh, and there's a reason why again we leave the the heavy lifting to people like navid to watch all the matches for us let us know which players impress over the 90 minutes uh and then again see the
the highlight packages yourself. Get excited about these players and hope that Barcelona take care of them uh, financially in the yes. end and let all that business stuff to them. Yeah, and and I mean, uh, there, there was one guy uh, who argued against getting Taki back uh, on the argument. I think it's a fair argument that if you sign youth players, for example, B players, like worth that much, uh, like and give them that much in salary, other potential B players, I mean, Barca youth players and and whatnot, they would also start demanding a lot more. And of course, that would be a negative effect. But I mean, we're already seeing. Ansu Fati and Elish and I mean Ricky Ricky Puj also last season. I mean they want guarantees and 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 money comes with that as well uh, because I mean they know what they're worth, you know. And, yep. But but of course this won't be an issue at all if you don't make him a Barca B player. Uh, there there won't be this gap between him and the other Barca B players if he's not a Barca B player. And and frankly he's too good to play in Segunda uh, Division yeah, Segunda B. Uh, he's I mean, I mean, the the offers that he's getting from around, uh, like from PSG and Dortmund and Real Madrid and Chelsea and whatever. I mean, the offers are for their first teams. So I just I have no idea why Barca still see him as a potential B player. I know he has to be patient and and all that when he's actually good enough to play for elite yeah. European clubs. Well, unlike some other clubs, Barcelona have still a, a ton of work to do this summer. We'll be following all that news. Again, continue to check out. We have weekly pod- podcasts coming out. There's stuff going on not only with the Women's World Cup, as well as with the Copa America. The the world, the U20 World Cup just finished up. So there's so much football going on. It is not about FC Barcelona, but before you know it, they're going to be starting their preseason, and we're going to be talking to David again about La Masia, uh, and previewing next season as well. And Naveed, thanks so much for joining the show and just providing all the knowledge that you have. Again, I wish that these were, when we talk about La Masia, I wish we had three, four hours to do these. But again, I just try to finish it in about an hour. Uh, Naveed and I, thank you for your time. Thanks a lot for having me, Dan. And I'm, I'm looking forward to talk to you again next season. And uh, thanks so much to you, the listeners, for tuning in again. You can tap in your app and check out the show notes to subscribe. You can also find us on social media. And again, also check Hit Naveed's name in the show notes. Again, he is one of those guys, uh, along with the at Young Kool-Aid's, that you certainly want to follow for La Masia News. Uh, he is one of the leading voices. That's why I have him on the show, and that's why he's such a terrific expert. We're also on Twitter ourselves, at the Barcelona Pod, or at HiltonD13 for me, on Instagram, at the Barcelona Pod. Our closed Facebook group is tbpod.link backslash group for deeper dives and discussions. You also have us out on Patreon. I just did a UEFA Nations League review because Nelson Semedo, Jasper Sillison, Frank DeYoung all played in that game. And we can continue making these shows if you help us out at tbpod.link backslash Patreon. We're also on YouTube now. I'm going to have something about La Masia based on this conversation later this week or next. You can check that out on YouTube. Hit subscribe, like, comment, do all that and help us out. And uh, again, the subscription button is right there as well. You have a lot of summer reading to do as well. We did La Masia profiles on a lot of these guys. So check out the La Masia profile tab. That will be down in the show notes as well. It is a jam-packed show notes, a lot of reading uh, and a lot of listening. So you've done all that. Thanks so much for getting to the end of this show. Uh, and until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Or Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.